Very good evening guys, Nervous Jaikuma here from Advait Learning. Alright, so I hope you have revised cluster 1, 2, 3, 4. Alright, so let's start with cluster 5. Uh, so there is a very very important cluster and uh, definitely around 4 marks though for sure but you know generally they ask around 8 marks from this cluster and if you are lucky maybe 10, 12, 14, 16, once they had asked 20 marks also from this cluster. So it's very important. Uh, cluster 5. Uh, so today we will be discussing the appointment and remuneration of managerial personnel, MD remuneration and their appointment provisions. Alright, so before we go ahead, we need to understand three uh, concepts and the main the three concepts come under the main concept of managerial personnel. So who is this managerial personnel? Three people. One is managing director, manager, third one, whole time director. Okay, so manager is defined in two subsection 53, managing director is defined in two subsection 54 and whole time director is defined in two subsection 94. So if you understand the definition properly, then it is very easy for us to understand. So those of you who have not attended my classes, I strongly recommend you to watch my uh, introduction video of uh, this MD, Manager and Whole Time Director. I'll be sharing it on Telegram, my channel CAPJ Virtual. So you can check it out. It's very, very important for you to know. Those of you who attended my classes, you very well know because I have spent almost around 2-3 uh, hours in the regular batch to at least around 2 hours for sure to uh, explain these three concepts. Anyway, since it's revision, I'll be just... Uh, uh, quickly finishing of these concepts. So those of you who have not, uh, the who are not my students who have not taken my classes before, it's absolutely fine. Kindly see the uh, video which I've shared on uh, Telegram channel. It's also there on our uh, what do you say YouTube channel Advait Learning. So this is the difference between MD, whole time director, and manager. Anyway, so what are the quick differences here? Just for revision, we'll see. So, managing director, uh, it's an exhaustive definition. They have said it means a director. So, managing director has to be a director. Otherwise, he cannot be called as a managing director. And uh, there are many components. How is he given the power? How is he appointed? So, here they say by virtue of articles or uh, the agreement with the company or by a resolution passed in the general meeting, they say. By resolution passed in the general meeting. Is given what? Here it's very interesting. They say that he's entrusted with substantial powers of management of the affairs of the company entrusted so how is the entrustment happening entrustment is obviously happening via various things it can be via articles or it can be anything so basically entrustment provisions is what we need to see uh, entrustment how does it happen should it happen via an agreement always or should it happen via uh, what do you say articles etc in the class we have Clearly explained seeing uh, two cases. One is Ellie versus Positive Life Assurance Company and one more is Port Darwin Mining Company where we have seen the, uh, what do you say, uh, governing articles. Can they have power to sort of bind, bind the outsiders also to the company? So that we have seen. So we have uh, clearly seen that uh, articles alone cannot do anything. So it has to be along with an agreement. And a resolution as well because uh, appointment of the director that is your uh, uh, managing director whole time director manager etc should happen via 196.4 and 196.4 clearly talks about passing a board meeting resolution anyway so here they say substantial powers of management of the affairs of the company and uh, they also go on to say that the power to do administrative acts like you know normal uh, affix the common seal or to endorse a check to endorse a negotiable instrument to sign any certificate etc this will not come under substantial powers now substantial powers has not been defined so we need to see uh, who is more powerful whether the manager or the managing director interestingly manager definition is also exhaustive but rather than using the word director they have used the word uh, means a uh, individual so but they have confused by or it actually seems confusing though the conceptually it's not uh, it says that the manager has whole powers or substantially the whole powers so who has more power whole or substantially the whole or substantial powers of management so if i take the analogy to a normal cake if i say that you had the whole cake that is sentence number one sentence number two you had substantially the whole cake Third one, I'll tell you, you had substantial portion of the cake. Now, who was the person who has finished the full cake? That is the first sentence. You had the whole cake. 
second one what is the person who has finished almost the full cake second line substantially the whole of the cake third one is substantial portion of the cake now portion of the cake can be different now i can my capacity can be two pieces your capacity can be five pieces somebody else's capacity can be one piece so when i say substantial portion of the cake that depends on the powers or the my capacity similarly when i say substantial powers of management these powers are entrusted to that particular managing director some people may have power, uh, you know powers of some area some people may have powers of some other area it's like that so basically when i say powers these powers are governed by the articles and the agreement so a company can be divided into various uh, what do you say verticals and each vertical or each segment can be given to a managing director so that is the reason why can a company have more than one managing director the answer is yes because the company can be divided into if the company is a cake it can be divided into different different pieces one is a huge piece one is a small piece and each piece can be governed by one person and that person has control of substantial portion of that piece so that's the reason why he's called as a managing director so basically a company can have more than one md however is manager more powerful than the managing director the answer is with respect to a company yes so for example if there is an entire group let's say reliance and reliance has many subsidiaries and each of the subsidiaries uh, you know have various verticals you have the hr team you have the finance team you have the accounts team in each company now the entire group can be handled by a main guy called managing director and under the managing director with respect to a particular company who has more power it would be the manager because he has whole or substantially the whole of the affair so it's very simple let's say there are uh, three five uh, five six schools and uh, let's say for example uh, i let's say just take a random school right uh, let's say delhi public school just an example so i want to start my ca classes in delhi public school bangalore okay so i go to them and say sir i want this room your room to start ca classes so they'll say okay we are okay but then ultimately you need to i mean that is just some random teacher says it's okay you can but you need to go and speak to the main trustee so delhi public school may be run by a trust and that main trust guy he controls the all the delhi public schools across india so when i go to the trustee he says uh, okay i am okay with it no problem but you need to ask the principal delhi public school bangalore ka principal you need to ask because i don't know what is the day to day affairs does he have extra room to give you i don't know that but from my side principally in principle i am okay so when i go to the guy uh, the bangalore uh, principal he says very sorry but all the classrooms are booked till almost 6 7 pm so you cannot take anything now tell me who's the md who's the managing uh, manager now with respect to that particular school only delhi public school bangalore the manager will be the principal he has whole powers or substantially the whole powers of the affairs of that particular school on the other hand who controls overall who has substantial powers of management of the entire group that will be the md so with respect to dps bangalore the manager is more powerful than the managing director but overall if you think about it obviously managing director has more control over the manager has more powers definitely and if you see the wordings also uh 2 subsection 53 manager says whole or substantially the whole of powers of a company whereas 2 subsection 54 says substantial powers of the affairs of the company here the company should be read as the group so to summarize can one company have more than one md definitely yes but can one company like dps bangalore can it have two managers no can it have two principals like that controlling everything no when one person controls the entire company there cannot be another person controlling the entire company so that is the scene uh, so basically whether it's a managing director or normal manager you call him by any name president vice president executive whatever chairman emeritus whatever name you call him it doesn't matter nomenclature really doesn't matter what really matters is the power given to him so the power given to him is such that you are interested you have interested with him the substantial powers of management then is called as a md so basically some of the uh, things that we can see now is uh, can 
you have to can you have two mds in the same company answer is yes can you have a md and manager in the same company obviously not i'm talking about dps bangalore not the entire dps group so in my example in dps bangalore itself can you have a manager and manager no can you have md and md yes right so dps bangalore can be divided into north bangalore south bangalore so north bangalore can be controlled by one person south bangalore by the other person so can it have two mds yes can it have uh, two managers definitely not can it have a md and manager for dps bangalore itself i'm not talking about group only dps bangalore can it have md and manager answer is no so 196 one clearly says that you cannot have both md and manager in the same company then what about uh, whole time directors yes whole time directors have these sectoral powers so for instance i told you that each company will have a vertical so it can have a finance team it can have a hr team it can have a sales team each of this is headed by a person and that person is a whole time director the finance director sales director generally will be called as whole time directors they also have substantial powers of management but they have sectoral powers so whole time director is like a director who is working full time for the company so tell me if you are working full time in one company can you be a whole time director of some other company answer would be no but this is all subject to 203 subsection 3 okay so can the same person be md in more than one company that is one question can same person be a manager in more than one company and the, can the same person be a whole time director in more than one company for that I, as i told you two things have to refer one is 203 subsection 3 one more is 203 subsection 3 third proviso we'll see that later so in the same company what is the combo md md possible md whole time director possible manager md not possible manager manager not possible whole time director whole time director yes there can be two whole time directors in the same company what about manager and whole time director yes that is also possible so these are all the combinations interesting to know by whatever name called so you can call any name doesn't matter that is regarding uh, the main a uh, difference between the definitions of the three uh, is managing director an employee not necessarily uh, otherwise do you think that mukesh ambani is the he has so many companies if you see the uh, website of reliance it has almost around 200 subsidiaries associates all put together so does it mean and the group md is uh, mukesh ambani do you think he is an employee of all the companies no so managing director need not be an employee and he can be also that depends on the facts of the case so uh, how these are the ingredients of the definition right then what is the position of the md he occupies a dual capacity generally is a director also and he controls the entire thing he is like the captain of the ship is an agent and also a principal officer okay so how will i appoint him all these guys these three people md whole time director manager how what are the appointment provisions yeah so as i told you till here no whatever i have discussed more in depth each and every step each and every word i have analyzed in that video you can check it out yeah from now what we are going to discuss is separate this i don't think so i have uploaded this on my advice uh, channel now anyway this revision is enough uh, okay uh, this is just a quick revision for those who have studied so 196 appointment of md whole time director or manager so as i told you 1961 no company shall appoint or uh, employ at the same time md or managing director so in the same company or same time basically md and manager not possible what is the tenure of this guy i can appoint him for 5 years at a time means what can i go 5 plus 5 plus 5 plus 5 like that go on and on yes of course there are many companies where the direct mds are there since 20 30 40 years are they appointed for 40 years no generally they'll be appointed 5 plus 5 plus 5 like that okay can i appoint uh, uh, mr a from let's say 2015 to 2020 and in 2016 itself can i say that you are now from 2020 to 25 out to be appointed no so the act says not less than one year before you cannot do means what if i appoint a person from 2015 to 20 the next time i can only reappoint him will be in 2019 because four years he would have already finished his work he'll say that okay i'll have to plan for the future if you have to plan if i have to plan for the future you need to appoint me right now so in 2019 though one year is pending for him i can still appoint him from 2020 to 25 that's the deal okay now most important section 196 3 and 4 so 196 3 talks about disqualification mind you if you want to be appointed as a director and an md as a director you need to see disqualification under 164 but as a md you should see disqualification under 196 
So under 196, it says no company shall appoint or continue the employment of. So this is not only at the point of entry, but also after he enters. If you want to become a director, want to be a director who is a managing director, you should follow both 164 as well as 196. At the point of entry, two sections will come. If you want to be a D plus MD, D means director, MD is MD. If you want to be a D plus MD, two sections have to follow. That is 164 and 196.3. After becoming D plus MD, you need to follow again 196.3 because it says continue the employment of. And one more thing, that is 167. Remember 167? 167 vacation has a link to disqualification under 164.1A. Sorry, 167, 1A. 167.1A has the link to which one? 164. If you are disqualified under 164, you will vacate under 167. Alright, so coming to uh, subsection 3 disqualification, first one is very simple. 21 to 70 years, you can you can be a managing director. Less than 21, you cannot be an MD. More than 70, possible, we'll see. 21 to 70, what resolution? Ordinary resolution. If the director has attained the age of 70, you have to take a special resolution. That's the scene. So very simple. One is 21 to 70 ordinary, more than 70 special and less than 21 not possible. Mind you, 18 to 21 you can become a director but not a managing director. In my class I have uh, discussed the practical aspects of why and all that. We have taken the example of uh, uh, you know Ritesh Agarwal and also uh, you know a couple of other examples I remember in class we had discussed clearly the OYO founder, then the Ola Caps founder, we had discussed clearly as to why, uh, what do you say, these guys with brilliant minds, but still why can't they become MD if they are from 18 to 21. Even Varun Agarwal of Alma Matter, I had discussed all these things. Anyway, next, uh, however, there's one amendment now, which is important. If it is more than 70 and special resolution cannot be obtained, but they have at least taken when i am passing a resolution special resolution could not be obtained but they have got something like an ordinary resolution equivalent to ordinary resolution means what votes cast in favor is more than votes cast against they could not attain that 75 percent but they have at least got more than 50 and still the board feels that the captain should be this guy his 72 year old guy who is way better than any of the candidates so in that case what will happen if the board feels that it is a good case where these fellows, I mean, they, this main guy, 72-year-old guy should be appointed as an MD and that will go to the central government. So there has been many, there have been many amendments actually in 196, small, small amendments, the entire chapter that, that is, uh, these small uh, amendments have really uh, far-reaching consequences. So one such amendment is still now the government was taking control of so many things. Now, because of the amendments, government will come only in two, three places. So one such place where it comes would be where the original director, I mean, the person who is becoming a managing director now is attained the age of 70. And one route available is special resolution. If special resolution cannot be passed, I should see that at least an ordinary resolution equivalent is passed. That is means what? The votes cast in favor is more than votes cast against. And along with that, you need to take the central government approval. So that is the scene. Okay. Then uh, next is what? Undischarge insolvent. Similar to 164. If he is an undischarge insolvent or at any time been adjudicated as an insolvent. So even 20 years ago, if you are an insolvent, you cannot be a managing director. Today you are solvent. You can be a director, but never a managing director. And has at any time suspended payment to his creditors. So 20-25 years ago, he was not able to, uh, what do you say, manage his money. So he has gone and begged some of his creditors for a contract of remission to accept lesser fulfillment of the promise. So what you had done 20 years ago, will it come back and bite you today? Yes. So you can be a director today, but not a managing director because you have suspended payment to your creditors. Then lastly, he has been convicted by a court of an offense. So here they have not told whether it's moral turpitude or otherwise. So we have discussed in class using the principles of uh, reasonable construction. I need to check out 164 itself. It is both, what do you say? Um... Convicted of an offence involving moral turpitude or otherwise. Otherwise will include, uh, will mean rather, Companies Act default. Then coming to the main section 196.4. 
So as per 196.4, what does it say? Subject to the provisions of section 197 and schedule 5, it says, now, very simple, two routes. Earlier, central government used to appoint and there was a thing called schedule 13. Now, schedule 13 has been replaced by schedule 5. So, very simple. Schedule 5 has four parts, okay? Part 1 talks about appointment. Part 2 talks about remuneration. Part 3 talks about approvals. And part 4 talks about CG exemptions. Very interesting to know that this also has been slightly amended. Earlier, what was the scene? You had to follow Schedule 5. If you can't follow Schedule 5, then you have to go to CG. Now, Schedule 5 included both appointment and remuneration. Now, very interesting amendment. They have said that you just try to follow Part 1 of Schedule 5. That is only appointment conditions. If you cannot follow part one of schedule five, then only you go to CG. So what I'm trying to tell is, even if you do not follow the remuneration part, so you can be a director appointed by CG also, or you can be director appointed by shareholders, but they are governed by the remuneration given under part number two. That's what they're trying to tell. So now it's very, very simple guys, both the cases, board meeting resolution. So let's say ideally I'll have to go for Schedule 5 only. When I'm going for a Schedule 5 appointment, first would be board meeting resolution. Mind you, resolution at the board meeting. Next, I have to follow at least part 1 of Schedule 5. That is the appointment conditions. So part 1 of Schedule 5, if I follow, then good. Then remaining, what is it? Then you have to follow the other parts. Whether you follow or not, it is immaterial when it comes to 196.4. Because 196.4 now, everything is linked to Schedule 5. Okay, so I repeat, first is board meeting resolution, then part one of schedule five. And if you can follow that, then that's it. That's all you they have to pass a resolution. What resolution is needed? Again, ordinary or special depends. 21 to 70, ordinary, more than 70, special, simple. Now, if you cannot, if you are unable to follow part one, only then the, how would you say, central government will come. And the central government now, first is board meeting resolution, then shareholders resolution. See, shareholders resolution comes in both the places now. And then you have to go where? You have to go to the government. And government will appoint appoint the MD. Why will you go to the government? Because you are unable to follow part one. Part one has certain conditions that if you are convicted in any of those 19 laws, then you cannot be appointed via schedule five, but you can be appointed via CG. So these are the things. And once you appoint, you have to file a form called MR1, right? Within 60 days of appointment, you need to file with the ROC. So this is the scene with respect to uh, 197.4. Then uh, 197.5 says that, you know, in case you uh, have been, like board has appointed and then shareholders have not appointed. So whatever the case may be, all acts done by the director as the managing director here will be uh, valid if the acts were done bona fide. Mind you, this should not be confused with 176. 176 only talks about directors, whereas 197.5 uh, talks about both directors and managing director, predominantly managing director. So this is regarding all the provisions, 196, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And uh, this subsection 4 and 5 that we discussed will not apply to a government company and private company, so they can have their own things. Whether MD or whole-time director will retire by rotation, as I already discussed in 152.6, if the article say all will retire, then they will retire. Otherwise, generally, MD and whole-time director will be under the non-rotational category. If I want to remove you as a captain, but not as a player, will I have to go to 169? Answer is no. If I have to remove you as a player and a captain, only then 169. If I have to remove you only as a captain, but you can continue as a player, MS Dhoni, then... I need not go to 169. The shareholders only will decide. I'm sorry, the board only will decide. So this was the main case of Osiris Mistri, where he alleged that 169 was not done properly. And then the court, uh, you know, gave so many decisions. Anyway, now the uh, issue is uh, pending with the Supreme Court. Let's see. Okay, so this is regarding that. Next, coming to the remuneration part, 197. So for this, guys, I would... Uh, recommend you to watch my video where I have explained how BJP came to power. This has got nothing to do with any politics or other things. I am uh, 
completely neutral here i am neither a you know modi bakht nor a congress stooge i just always generally support the right people whoever is doing good job whether it's in congress or bjp or any party for that matter that person i would support definitely anyway so you i would strongly suggest you to watch that that is how bjp came to power because that will give you an insight into one more section which i have already discussed that is uh, you know your uh, political contribution 82 so 182 is kind of linked to 197 so you can check it out that will give you clarity so two audios two videos sorry for this with this audio two videos i would strongly recommend for those of you especially who have not attended my classes those of you who have attended my classes don't waste time i've anyway discussed this in class so those of you who haven't one is uh, difference between md whole time debtor manager one more would be the remuneration limits that 11% and all that how things have changed so once you've watched that video uh, there is no way that you can forget these limits because what i have done is analyze the bear act and how it was before and what were the changes that have happened since 2012 all right anyway so now to revise this let's see uh first and foremost what is the remuneration bit what do you mean by remuneration remuneration is given in two subsection 78 so remuneration will mean any money or money equivalent also it will include perquisites as well so that is the meaning of remuneration now managerial remuneration is what how is it paid so i need to go to 19704 so remuneration payable to the directors including the managing director whole time director how will it be determined it will be determined by the articles or by a resolution by the shareholders and also by the board of directors so this is linked to 19664 so 19664 and 19974 should be read together and it also says that it will include all the all the amounts paid in any other capacity so even if the director is uh, earning some money in any other capacity it also will be included however let's say you are an expert in uh, indirect taxes also you are a director of some random company uh, you give all the services as a director but they have but they need some opinion on some uh, indirect tax point so they say okay you come to my office i will give you the opinion so you charge some 1 lakh rupees for the opinion now is this remuneration managerial remuneration the answer is no because 19704 proviso says any remuneration rendered in a professional capacity which in the uh, opinion of nomination remuneration committee is uh, a valid exercise of a profession then in that case this will not be covered in the remuneration part and 19176 goes ahead and tells how will this remuneration be paid this can be paid monthly or year end right as a percentage so it's always based on projected profits so for example for the year uh, 1920 31 march 2020 i'll be getting payment from 2019 itself based on what a percentage of the profits projected profits for the year ended 31 march 20 that's how it is or you can do partly as well then as far as uh, the limits are concerned 19711 19711 says the total managerial remuneration payable to all directors shall not exceed 11% so 11% is the overall profit however mind you this 11% you can go beyond 11% by passing an ordinary resolution the why how what etc as i told you i have explained in detail in that particular video so i would uh, strongly suggest you to watch it it's maybe a one one and a half hours you can watch it and the introduction video of that md also is some one hour so if you set aside two hours you will understand the two most important aspects of md provisions anyway those of you who have attended my classes you already know the story so no tension cool so uh, 11% is the overall remuneration beyond 11% you can go by passing ordinary resolution there are internal limits also uh, pay uh, amount paid to md and director internal limits are also there amount paid to md if the company has uh, what do you say uh, no managing i mean sorry it depends how many uh, managing directors are there managing director whole time director put together if the company has just one md or whole time director just one then that md or whole time director can uh, take 5% of the net profit and this net profit is calculated as per section 198 which we would have done in ipcc and all that now if the company has more than one md or whole time director means what it has one md and one whole time director one md and two whole time directors in that case they have to 
all of them have to get payment right so for them now it is 10% overall mind you it's not individually it's overall okay then as far as the ordinary directors are concerned what will they get if the company has no managing director old time director and all that they will get 3% but if the company has even one md or old time director or manager then they'll get 1% now this 13510 can actually go up to 11% but for that you need a special resolution and at 11% also can go beyond 11% for that you need ordinary resolution the logic i have already explained in the video so here i cannot do that you can check it out those are the things and uh, if i have taken any uh, borrowings from banks etc so before increasing the limits that's the amendment i should take the prior approval of the bank or public financial institution concerned these are the things will sitting fee be part of this remuneration 197.2 and 5 say no sitting fees will be outside this remuneration so generally whether it's a profit making company or loss making company either way you will get uh, sitting fees but if you are a loss making company i should link it also to another schedule that is schedule 5 so in schedule 5 i will be getting that particular amount separately what amount i'll get that is as per you know the entire part 2 part 2 of schedule 5 talks about remuneration predominantly section 2 section 1 talks about profit making company section 2 talks about loss making company that's the thing so these are the things that we are keeping in mind okay so as far as sitting fee is concerned it is uh, for listed company it is uh, up to 1 lakh mind it's up to 1 lakh which means the articles will have to give a clear cut idea as to what would be the sitting fee and will sitting fee fee be paid for uh, uh, adjourned meeting as well answer is yes because you are spending your time so time is money you'll be getting sitting fee for adjourned meeting also as far as traveling expense etc are concerned it will be reimbursed according to the articles in case of loss or inadequate profits as discussed you will have to go to schedule 5 which i'll be discussing in a while and uh, there are other restrictions independent director is not entitled to any stock option and uh, if the director borrows is 1979 which is kind of against 185 so to speak because here they say that in case you withdraw more at the end of the year you should have withdrawn 2 crore but you have withdrawn 2 and 1/2 crore by mistake because mind you it's all based on projected profit so if you have made some false projection and you have taken extra at the end of the year you can return it back to the company mean without any interest so it's like actually taking an interest free loan and the best part is it can be waived off also with the company's approval that is by a special resolution that's the thing and uh, listed company you need to always give the ratio of remuneration along with the uh, with the ratio of the remuneration of the uh, md along with the median employees that is the midpoint employees remuneration just to see how much percentage more or how many times more you are earning then if you have taken any key man insurance policy the company has taken the key man insurance policy the premium will not be part of the remuneration but on invocation of the insurance then it will be part of the remuneration then uh, there is one point which is linked to auditing where say that the auditor has to ensure in 143 that the managerial remuneration is proper this can also be linked to caro 2016 clause number 11 which speaks about md remuneration so these are all the things uh, one more four mark question would be the guarantee commission and the related important case law is susan textile bearings limited where they say that uh, if the director is taking some guarantee commission for providing guarantee on behalf of the company that commission that is earning is not managerial remuneration because it was not given in any capacity it was not given in managerial capacity technical capacity administrative capacity nothing it was just given because he had money so we have used uh, ajustum generis and nositar associ these are the two interpretation of statutes i have explained in class all right next coming to the uh, remuneration in more than one company that has to be linked with uh, section 5 of part 2 of schedule 5 which we'll see later okay so this was regarding 197 then 198 199 we'll see uh, then compensation for loss of office 202 
will come to the other sections quickly. Compensation for loss of office is 202. So very, very important section regularly asked in the exam. Very simple. Three subsections are there. 202 subsection 1 says no compensation can be given to uh, other directors. So compensation is only given to managing director and whole time director. That's it. Right. And compensation will not be payable in case there is a re reconstruction of the company. And this MD was a part of the old company also and is part of the reconstructed company. So why will he get compensation? He will not get. Then if the director of office is vacated under 167 and under 168, then if the company was winding up due to his negligence, in all these cases, he will not get uh, compensation. Compensation is paid on if today I leave. How much compensation I'll be paid and for what period I'll be paid? How much I'll be paid based on the average remuneration actually earned by me in the past three years or a shorter period. So at the end of fourth year, let's say, if I am uh, being thrown out or something, then what is the compensation that they're going to pay me? So I have to go back entire money that I've earned in the past four years or three years, whichever is shorter. So since here I have been thrown out at the end of fourth year, I should only take three years. For how long will I be paid? If I was not thrown out, I would have continued for one more year, right? Yes. So they say you will be paid for either three years or you will be paid for the remainder of your term, whichever is shorter. So the remainder unexpired period is one year. So I'll be paid one year. But what is the amount I'll be paid? Average remuneration of the past three years. Or they say whichever, whatever you have uh, actually served, whichever is shorter. That's all. Very interesting case law is uh, Bell versus Lever Brothers. Any ad hoc compensation paid to the managing director, etc. Uh, where the, uh, what do you say, investigation is still pending against him with respect to uh, malpractice and other misconduct alleged. So that in that case, the ad hoc compensation payable will not be treated as 202 and that ad hoc compensation cannot be recovered. Bell versus Lever Brothers case law. That is important. All right. Then as far as 199 is concerned, recovery of remuneration, this will be linked to restatement of financial statements under uh, 130. Uh, so if you are required to restate the financial statements that happened in ILFS case, then they will calculate all the remuneration extra that they have paid you and they can recover under 199. This also happened in uh, ICICI Chandakuchar's case, which I have explained in class. Also, we went to ILFS and saw all the practical aspects in class. All right. Next, coming to uh, 200, it is the company to limit the remuneration. And now CG power is no longer there. As I told you, part two is also governed by shareholders. Now CG is no longer coming. So any remuneration, only the shareholder should see. So what are the things that the company should see? The financial position, remuneration is already earning before all that you need to check and then decide the remuneration. As far as the form numbers are concerned, any application that I'll make to the uh, CG. So here under CG, I'll make application under two cases only. One, if the part one has not been followed. Second one is what? When I have to appoint an MD who is more than 70, but who could not get special resolution. So in these two cases only, I have to file a form called MR2. That's about it. Then an interesting uh, 204, 205, I'll be skipping it. That is about uh, company secretary and all that. It's theoretical. You can go through. Then very important section is 203. That is appointment of key managerial personnel. Very, very important section. So regularly questions have been asked, right? Now, here it says every company belonging to such class or classes of companies. So who are these every company belong to such class or class of companies? I need to see rule number eight. Rule number eight says paid up capital of 10 crore or more. Any listed company for sure and every other public company or a private company for that matter with paid up capital 10 crore or more have to mandatorily have a whole time key managerial personnel. So it can be MD, CEO, manager and in their absence, whole time director. And of course, company secretary, CFO and all these guys. Now the question is, can all of them be the same person or should they be different? So I have explained in class that they can be same also. 
uh, we checked a, a mr ramayas uh, what do you say commentary and i also saw many cases but ica feels that whole time means one position only you should have you should not have more than one so let's stick to the ica that i have explained both in class and also told very clearly that we should always write the ica interpretation itself though whether it's correct or not in some cases there is confusion so you need to follow what ica follows as per ica same person be like you are a ca and cs can you be a cfo and cs of the company the answer is no uh, this is rule 8 rule 8a talks about other companies which require whole time company secretary so any private company which is more than 5 crore or a public company more than 5 crore should mandatorily require a whole time cs now rule number 8a has been amended recently which means november 2020 the answer will be different so the last time ever they can ask could be this june attempt that is regarding 2031 now coming to uh, the uh, can you be both a ceo as well as uh, what do you say chairman of the company or an md plus chairman it is possible only if the articles provide and if the company has multiple businesses so if you have multiple businesses you can choose one of the ceos to become the chairman otherwise it's not possible then subsection 2 says that every whole time kmp shall be appointed by a board meeting resolution technically doesn't say board meeting but since the casual vacancy shall be filled by board meeting so reasonable construction this also has to happen via board meeting resolution subsection 3 is the real killer here because so many questions have been asked so here they say a whole time kmp shall not hold office in more than one company except its subsidiary now subsidiary does it include subsidiaries is the question so as per general clauses act singular includes plural but that interpretation will be dangerous it may so happen that you can be a whole time director in some three companies then hence it is not to be taken like that however if you are a whole time director in one company can you be a director in some other company like uh, our kiran mazumdar show she is the md of biocon but she is also an independent director of uh, infosys is that possible yes for that you need to take the permission of the board in this case biocon board then most interesting is if you are an md of one company can you be an md of another company if you are a manager of one company can you be a manager of the other company very very important here they say very very simple you can be listen to me carefully you can become the managing director of the second company if you are either the managing director or manager in the first company first of all you cannot be an md in three companies you can only be an md of two companies so the only two combinations possible would be md plus md manager and md that's it nothing else is possible so can you be a whole time director and md no md and whole time director no whole time director in one and whole time director in the other no right so only two combinations md plus md manager plus md in the second company you are an md you can't be a manager for this however i need unanimous approval means all the people directors present at the meeting should say yes and for this i should give a specific notice means in a board meeting specifically for this agenda and this should be mentioned in the agenda these are the things another place where we saw unanimous resolution of board of directors was 186 this is the second place where we are seeing unanimous resolution of board of directors 203 subsection 3 third provision then 203 subsection 4 however talks about you know your uh, uh, casual vacancy of course you can have a casual vacancy you can appoint within 6 months mind you this is not casual vacancy under 161 4 this is casual vacancy under 203 so 2034 casual vacancy is dif different from 1614 in 2034 we have uh, what do you say casual vacancy in the office of a kmp that is md whole time director manager ceo cs and all those guys but in 1614 it is this is just the captaincy position that is the player casual vacancy of the player 1614 all right so government company all these sections will not apply this uh, 4 subsection 4 will not apply that was regarding 204 205 i'll be skipping so as i told you we have finished 
196 to 205. This is the entire chapter 13, cluster number 5. And the last part in this entire thing would be, of course, we have to spend around 10 minutes and 15 minutes on Schedule 5. This has to be read with Schedule 5. The structure of Schedule 5 is very simple, guys. Very, very simple structure. Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, Part 4. Four parts. Part 1 talks about conditions of appointment. Part 2 has five sections in it. Part 3 only talks about the approval and part 4 talks about the CG exemption in certain cases. Part 4 is kind of irrelevant now because they have not given any exemption specifically. Whatever they have given now is all irrelevant because it has been amended. As far as part 2 is concerned, section 5 sections are there. Section number 1 talks about profit making company, remuneration in profit making company. That is nothing but 197.1 which you have discussed, 11%, 3%, 1% and all that. So that is sorted. Section 2 talks about loss making company. That is what we have to discuss. Section 3 talks about some special types of circumstances where CG approval is not needed. This has become irrelevant and redundant now because central government has come out with an amendment saying that, as I told you, remuneration provisions need not go through CG. So, CG approval is needed only in two cases now. One, if you only do not follow part one. Second, if you are more than 70 and special resolution could not be passed, but something which is equivalent to ordinary resolution has been passed. Right. So, I discuss section one of part two, which is profit making company linked to 197. Section two of part two, which is loss making company to be discussed. Section three, ignore. Section 4 and Section 5. Section 4 talks about perquisites which are not part of the remuneration. Under 2 subsection 78, I told you uh, remuneration includes perquisites. But that is actually subject to Section 4. Under Section 4 of Part 2 of Schedule 5, you need not... I mean, these... Uh, you have around 6 perquisites. 3 for everybody, 3 plus 3 for expats. So, for them, it's not needed. Uh, the remuneration is over and above these six. Lastly, if you are an MD or if you are a managerial personnel in more than one company, you can withdraw remuneration only the higher maximum limit of both companies. That's the scene. So we'll discuss. First is part one. So this part one, if you do not follow, only then you have to go to CG. Part one, conditions of appointment. First one. First one has some 19 laws to remember in these 19 laws if you are convicted of any offense and or you have paid a fine of you know thousand rupees or more or if you have imprisoned been imprisoned for any period under any of these 19 laws then what will happen you will uh, obviously not be allowed to be appointed under schedule 5 route but you can definitely be appointed under other sections. When I say other sections, CG root plus other sections. So here the keyword is conviction. There are 19 laws. There are around 5-6 uh, fiscal legislations. Your Stamp Act, Income Tax Act, Wealth Tax Act, Customs, Excise, GST, 7. And 2 relates to some food, essential commodities. And you have your... Uh, what do you say? Uh, prevention of food adulteration. Two relates to uh, development, foreign trade development and industrial development. And the remaining is our CA final syllabus. You have Competition, competition Act, Companies Act, SEBI, uh, FEMA, then uh, SCRA, then uh, IBC and all those things. And of course, we have the Fugitive Economic Offenders Act which I call popularly as uh, Shri Vijay Malya Act. You have to respect him, Shri Vijay Malya, because because of him, so many laws have come, right? Yeah, and uh, yes, these are the things. If I have gone for compounding, where I have escaped imprisonment by paying fine, it is not to be treated as conviction under this section. If you see pollution laws, etc. and all are not covered. So, first of all, if you are convicted under this act, Second, if you are detained under Kofe Posa, what is Kofe Posa? Conservation of Foreign Exchange and Prevention of Smuggling Activities Act. So if you are detained, detained is preventive, whereas convicted is a punitive measure, punishment. 
then we already have that 21 to 70 21 to 70 ordinary more than 70 special if you don't follow that then you have to go to cg which we anyway know right then it says he should be a resident resident of india is an inclusive definition which means he can be a resident under income tax can be a resident under fema no problem and this residency here talks about you should be in india for a continuous period of not less than 12 months when immediately preceding the date of your appointment only then you can come under schedule 5 route but there's an exception if you are a non resident also you can be treated as a resident however first of all you should be an md old time data manager in a public company and it should be a schedule 5 appointment but most importantly you should have come to india on a direct employment visa you should have given all the details to the consulate and importantly you should be working in a company which is located in a special economic zone so that's the most important part you should be located in a special economic zone in that case non resident will be treated as resident all these cases only if you do not follow then only you can go through cg that's it otherwise you can aram se be appointed by schedule 5 as far as part 2 is concerned most important as i told you earlier there were many provisions where there was a single limit under part 2 section 2 part 2 section 1 i'll not discuss already discussed why part 2 section 1 is profit making company that say 1% 3% 5% 11% done part 2 section 2 is interesting because earlier there was a limit up to the limit ordinary double the limit special more than double required cg approval earlier but in 2019 and 19 they changed it now what does it say if you want up to the limit whatever the limits that i am going to discuss now you pay pass pass ordinary resolution double the limit is not there it is 1 rupee more than the limit even if you are paying 1 rupee more than the limit you have to take special resolution i see lot of mistakes in some textbooks registered answers and all all some crap they have given kindly ignore this is the actual law please follow it right so please do not come back to me by saying this is like that why is your answer like this i am 100% sure this is correct the law can never change it's absolutely right just that they have not edited the answers properly they have uh, retained the same answers so kindly be aware please don't come back with, you know to me with these doubts i am telling you now only this is the right answer i repeat so if it is up to that limit that i am going to discuss now ordinary right if it is 1 rupee more also you need special resolution this is under item number a so section 2 part 2 of schedule 5 is for loss making company there are two items there item number a item number b both look the same that's the best part because item number a has some table item number b says payment should be made as per item number a both look the same this has gone through so many changes and they made a mess of this section earlier there were two separate tables then there was concept of uh, current relevant profit mca also didn't understand how to calculate so they deleted that also now part number a has a i mean item number a has a table item number b best part they said should be paid as per item number a then what's the difference very simple hear me out this is a concept in item number a if you are a promoter managing director or related to the promoter or you yourself are the promoter or you are related to the promoter or you are appointed by the promoters you are close to them you have been in the company forever you are always been appointed there only only those fellows have to follow item number a item number b is for a professional managing director specifically a technocrat who has been appointed to revive the fortunes of the company company is going under a huge loss so i have appointed an expert what is this fellow's expertise he will convert this loss making company into a profit making one so he will not be related to the promoter in any way he is not connected to anybody he doesn't have pecuniary financial interest in the company also not two years before not now not later also so such people are covered under item number b that's the only difference and interest second difference is in item number a there is a table if you want to follow that table within the limits ordinary 
anything more than that is special not double and all anything more than that after the amendment anything more than that special but one small difference here in item number b because of the wordings in item number b if you want to pay remuneration any amount you have to pass a special resolution any amount not one uh, within the limit beyond the limit nothing like that any amount you have to pass special resolution so what are the limits there's a concept of effective capital effective capital is nothing but uh, net worth plus long term loans minus investment yes net worth that is nothing but paid up capital reserves security premium account minus accumulated losses and all that plus long term loans that you have taken minus investment that you have made that is the long term funds that i have in my company that i have to take i have to calculate if it is negative or less than 5 crore i can give remuneration up to 60 lakhs if it is 5 crore but less than 100 crore 84 lakhs 100 crore and above but less than 250 crore 120 lakhs 250 crore and above i have to pay 120 lakhs plus 0.01% of the effective capital in excess of 250 crores so even 1 crore more than 250 crores will be 0.01% of 1 crore is 1000 rupees so beyond 250 crores it is 1000 rupees for every crore this table i have to remember right mind you this is remuneration per managerial person per md per old time net not all put together so per person you can give up to this amount up to this amount ordinary if i want to pay more than special on the other hand in item number b he should not have any pecuniary interest as i told you he can only have 0.5% of the paid up share capital as esop barring that he can't have any relationship with the company under item number b since he is a person to revive the company i should pass a special resolution that is the same if i am paying more than that in item number a then special resolution anyway there are few conditions what condition for both the cases it has to be passed by the board resolution and also approved by the nomination and remuneration committee under 178 and the company should not have committed any default in payment of dues with respect to any public financial institution non convertible debentures or creditor if they have already committed default and they want to pay remuneration to this guy they have to take a noc from them no objection certificate obviously then the resolution which i have already discussed ordinary resolution or special resolution for item number a ordinary resolution within the limit special resolution beyond the limit and for item number b it is always special resolution and lastly uh, i have to give him all the details the shareholders all the details about the appointee about the company why it's not doing well how this fellow will change yes so this concept is generally called as informed decision making process so these are the things that i need to keep in mind and effective capital should always be seen as on the last day of the financial year preceding the financial year in which the appointment is made unless first time where are incorporated the company and doing it then in that case it shall be calculated on the date of appointment next section 4 i told you there are three plus three perquisites are not applicable for both expatriates that is foreigners of come to india and indian mds also that is contribution to provident fund superannuation fund gratuity payable and leave encashment this is over and above and also in addition to it expats will also get three additional things children education allowance right children education allowance and holiday passage for children and leave travel concession so these three things are extra mind you these six perquisites are extra so in the question if they ask anything about maximum permissible remuneration you should say that under uh, part 2 you will get that as per table a and, and item a item a item b apart from that you will also get as per section 4 last one section 5 it is remuneration payable to managerial person in two companies as i told you in company a and company b i am an md and md in both the companies that is possible we already discussed in company a my limit is 2 crore in company b my limit is 1 crore which means in company a i can withdraw 2 crore company b i can withdraw 1 crore will i get 3 crores the answer is no the limit should be maximum of the two so basically in the other company i'm practically working for free so i'll be getting 2 crores but can i withdraw 2 crores from both the companies yes which means in any uh, ratio i can divide that depends on the two companies i can get remuneration so 1 crore in one 1 crore in the other 1 and 1/2 crore in one 50 lakhs in the other that depends on the company but the overall limit must be maintained and last part part 3 is the approval what is the approval very simple less the 18 to 21 not possible 21 to 70 ordinary resolution more than 
special resolution. If special resolution is not possible, then if I get ordinary resolution equivalent, then CG approval. Then if I cannot follow any provisions of Part A, then same, CG approval. So this is cluster 5. It's almost an hour of discussion. I hope it helped you guys. All the very best. Very, very important cluster this is. Revise well. All right. Thank you so much. Love you all. Cheers.